Okay, here we go. Recording in progress. <clears throat> okay, good morning everyone. Welcome back to the Newsman and a Bez Hashem, a healthy summer to everyone. The life and Torah of our leaders, Tuesday mornings, 11.30, live with First Seder Bes Medrash. Special welcome to our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners that will be joining the Shir. Before Pesach, we were, <clears throat> we were doing a series on Chachmei Svarad, and we were focusing on the Rishonim, and we are going to continue this week as well with that series. And today we're going to talk about the Rambam, Rabbeinu Moshe ben Maimon, the Rambam. The last year we gave before Pesach, before Nisan, was on the Rif. And now we're going to talk about the Rambam. The Rambam was Nifter Chav Teves in 1204. So in the end of the Pirish Hamishnayis Loharambam, in the original Ksavyad, or one of the Kisveyadois, there is a, a little piece added in by the scenes from the Rambam himself. That he writes, Ani Moshe bar Maimon hadayan. I, Moshe, the son of Maimon, who was the Dayan, Rabbeinu Maimon was a Dayan, Ben Reb Yosef HaChochom, Ben Reb Yitzchak Dayan, Ben Reb Yosef HaDayan, Ben Reb Ivadja HaDayan, Ben Reb Shloima, Harav Reb Ivadja Dayan, Berkardova. So the Rambam lists off his Yichos all the way back to the original Rabbeinu Ivadja, who was a Dayan in Cordoba in southern Spain. And Al Shem, the original, the patriarch of the family of this Rabavadja, the family name of the Rambam was Ben Oivadja, or in Arabic it was Ibn Abdullah, which is Oivadja uh, uh, is service of Hashem, Oivadka, and we talked about this I think in a different share. And in Arabic, it translates to uh, Eved Allah or something like that, which is Abdullah, which is uh, someone who is a, uh, a servant of God. And Ibn, we know, means the family of, like Ben. So that was the name of the family name, was Ibn Abdullah, or Ben Ivadja, and the, uh, named after the patriarch of the family, Rebavadja Hadayan Bikardova. In Igeres Teimon, as we'll talk about a little later in the Shir, the letter that the Rambam wrote to the Teimonim, he writes, I have a, a Kabbalah, a tradition, and I got this tradition from my father and my grandfather, that they got it from their fathers and their grandfathers, all the way back to the beginning of our exile from Yerushalayim, like the Navi Avadja says, So it sounds like that the Rambam is saying that his family goes all the way back to the original Exiles from Yerushalayim to Svarad, we've had many of the Rishonim, Armiachas themselves back to Galus, um, Yerushalayim, the first base Amigdash, to, uh, to Spain. Um, the family had a Yichos back to Rabbi Yudah Nasi, back to David HaMelech. Now, exactly what year he was born, it seems to be a lot of uh, uh, lack of clarity, like many of the Rishonim. 
In the end of this Pirish HaMishnayis that we just quoted, he writes that he finished the Pirish HaMishnayis when he was 30 years old, and he writes what we call the English date, the secular date, 1000 Tuf Ayin Tess, 479 Lishtaris, which translates to the Hebrew date of Tuf Tuf Kuf Chav Ches, 1168. So if he was 30 in 1168, he was born 30 years before, 1138, 1137, that, that neighborhood. Um, that's one source, which probably is one of is the most reliable. Um, his his uh, one of his great grandchildren, um, Reb David, in the end of Pirush Mishnayis to to Rosh Hashanah. See, he writes his grandfather Zichos, and he writes that the Ramam was born on Yud Dalani, son of Pesach, of Tuf Tuf Tzadi Hey, which is um, eleven thirty five. So in Cordova and Cordova. So he says it's an 1135. If we make the Cheshbin from the Rambam itself, it's 1137, 1138. So that's uh, that's when the Rambam was was born. Now in Seder Hadarius, it brings down that Rabbeinu Maimon didn't get married for a very long time. He was already in half his life, Chatzayamav. He was middle-aged. He had some. He for some reason didn't want to get married. He had a dream that told him he should go marry. Uh, uh, from a, a, a lady or a girl from a different city, the daughter of a, of a butcher. And um, he married her and she gave birth to the Rambam and she died while she was giving birth. Um, now, in Sheh Magadolim, the Chidah writes, and he brings the Tashbats and Chayla Galav, Simenai and Beis, the Tashbats we've quoted numerous times when we've talked about the Chachmei Svarad, um, where he talks about the five Rabbeinu Yitzchaks who led Svarad, and he writes over there that the Rambam was a Talmud of the Rimagash. The Rambam was a Talmud of the Rimagash. The Rimagash, as we said in the last year, was the Talmud and Mamalamokim of the Rif. And uh, he writes that the Rambam was a Talmud, like the Rambam writes in Ilchas Shelu Pikadin Parakei, Uchazeh Hayru Rabbeisai. This is how my Rabbeim Paskind, Rabbeinu Yosef Halevi, which is the Rimagash, Virabai, and his Rebbe, the Rif. Now the Sefer Yuchsin says it's impossible to say that because the Rimagash was Nifter Lamed Nisan. His yard said was just a few days ago on, on Sunday. In the year 1141, the Rimagash was Nifter in 1141. So the Rambam was a young boy at the time. If he was born in 1138, he was three. If he was born in 1135, he was six. The, the, I'm sorry, the um, Sefer Yuchsin has him being born in 1131. Either way, he was a young boy. How could you say he was a Talmud of the Rimagash? The Yad Malachi also, on his entry of the Rambam, he also says it can't be, and he says that just because he, just because the Rambam calls him Rabbi Sai, it just means to say because he was the generation before him, and he Kadmainim before him, he calls my Rabbeim, but it doesn't mean they were actually um, his Rabbeim. And in fact, in Nakdama to Pirush HaMishnayis, the Rambam writes, Kibatzni kol asher bol avizal, and I collected anything that came to me from my father, Vizulasai, and anyone before him, Ad Rabbeinu Yosef Halevi, until the Rimagash, which sounds like he's saying that the Rimagash was his father's Rebbe. And then he talks about the Rimagash, Leva Yishahu Talmud Mavis. It's scary how Chashiv he was in learning. Lemishi Stakel Bedvarev, if you look at his words, Vaimek Sichloi, and the depth of his intellect, Be'ion, in great depth, Ad Kemat, Nemar Boy Vichamayu Lehayulafan of Melech, Biminhagay Drachov. Udrachov, or Darkai, that there was like no one before him, a king like the Rimagash. But again, it sounds like the way the Rambam is writing it, that the Rimagash was 
his father's Rebbe, and that we do know that Rabbeinu Maimon was a Talmud of the Rimagash, but it doesn't seem that the Rambam himself was considered himself an actual Talmud of the Rimagash. Now another interesting thing, the Chida over there in Shem Agdolim brings from a Sefer Oymar Ashikha and Mishlei. Oymar Ashikha was written in the late 1400s by one of the Goyle Svarad, one who the those who were expelled from Spain. And the Pasuk Ateres Zekeinim Bnei Banim. So he writes over there that when the Rif was being Nifter, was passing away, the Rambam came in and kissed his hand. And the Rif gave him a bracha, and he writes, the Rambam was about five years old, and the Rambam said anything that he was zoicha in his life was a result of that kiss and bracha that the Rif gave him. Now the Chidah says, obviously this is a printing mistake here, because it can't be the Rif, because the Rif himself, as we said last time, was Nifter in 1103, which is the Rif, the, the Chidah writes, at least 30 years before the Rambam was born. So he says, it, he means the Rimagash. So that the Rambam came into the Rimagash when he was a young boy, five, six years old, whichever way you want to say it, and he kissed, he gave him a kiss, or it sounds like the Rambam kissed him. Um, I'm not sure, it's not clear which way the kiss went, but the bracha for sure went, um, the bracha for sure went from the Rimagash to the Rambam. So says the Chidah, that since the Rambam attributed his success to that bracha, that's why he calls him his Rebbe. So that's the uh, little history over here about the Rimagash being the Rambam's Rebbe or not. Now, when he was younger, as a bacher, he, he, um, he, um, he, com- he wrote Ad Shas. He composed for him Ad Shas in Nakdama to Pirish HaMishnayis. He writes, Chibarti Pirish B'tlasa Stari. I have a Pirish on three Starim of Shas, Moyed, Noshim, and Ezekin, except for four Masechtas that I still plan on writing on, but I don't have time. And he says, I also wrote on Masech Techulin as well. Um, now, um, in, the, in a letter he wrote later to the Chachmei Lunil, he, um, he writes that he wrote a Sefer, um, and he writes a Sefer that I wrote, Belishna de Rabbanon. He says, I wrote my Svarim Belishna de Rabbanon, in the language of the Rabbanon. The language of Rabbanim is interesting. I saw some of whoever wrote the notes over there in the Igrois of the Rambam. He wants to say, means to say, in, uh, in like Aramaic, um, interspersed with, with uh, Lashon Kaidish. Or maybe the opposite, Lashon Kaidish interspersed with Gemara Lashon. But he calls it Lishna de Rabbanon. I wrote a Sefer, the Lishna de Rabbanon. Um, in another letter, he writes that he has a ksavyad, that he didn't, that are, are questions on the riff, that he has yet to print. So he wrote other svarim as well, it seems, um, but uh, they were never printed. Now in the year 1148, and we talked about this in the Ben Ezra's times in the 1130s, so the Muslims started taking over in southern Spain, and the actual name of those Muslims were the Almohads, they were a faction of Islam, A-L-M-O-H-A-D-S, and they uh, conquered southern Spain and Cordova, and they destroyed many, many communities, and um, they forced them to convert to Islam if you didn't want to, to Islam if you didn't want to convert. So you either had to give up your life or you had to um, run away. 
um, and many people converted in secret. You know, we talk about the Muranos in the, in, the, in the time of the Inquisition, in the 1400s, but already earlier, in the 1100s, there are already Muranos as well, that they accepted upon themselves externally Islam, but internally and in secret they kept the Torah. And um, the family of Rabbeinu Maimon also had to leave Cordova and they uh, wandered around Spain for close to 11 years until finally they traveled to North Africa um, across the Mediterranean to the city of Fez, Morocco, which also was ruled by the Muslims, and they got there in 1159. Um, now, like we said before, the Rambam wrote in the end of Pirsha Mishnayis that he started writing his Sefer Pirsha Mishnayis when he was 23 years old. So 23 years old would make it either 1158 or 1161. So the Ramam started writing it while he was running here, whether it was running in Spain before 1159, whether, as we'll see in a moment, he still was running afterwards in Morocco and after that, after 1159. But either way, he wrote the Pir Shamishnayis on the run. Um, and in fact, in the, um, in the end of the Pir Shamishnayis over there, he writes, My mind was always on the troubles of the times. Hashem decreed that we have to run and we have to flee from one end to the other. So again, like I said, in Svarad, in Spain, he was wandering around for 11 years. So it seems like they kept on wandering. And he says, uh, some of these halachas, I wrote their pirush b'masas haderech, when I was traveling. And he says, some of them I wrote while I was on the boats, b'yam hamelach, and he, he was referring to the Mediterranean, not the, not the Yam HaMelech that we call the Yam HaMelech. He means the Mediterranean Sea, as we'll see later, he, as he left Fez on his way to Eretz Yisrael. So, um, as he writes, the Pirush HaMishnayis was written on the run. Now, in Fez at the time, there were a lot of Muranos there. We'll just call them, in, in Lashon HaKadosh, to call the Anusim. Those were forced to um, declare their allegiance to Islam. And, um, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a very hard time there in Fez because there were a lot of um, people giving speeches and how great Islam is and how terrible the Tyra is and convinced a lot of people who didn't know better to really accept on themselves Islam and then there were the ones who kept it in secret and then the ones who tried to keep the Tyra and Rabbi Maimon saw that this a lot of problems were going on over here and he decided what he called, he wrote a letter called the Geras Nechama and the Geras of Comfort and he wrote it in Arabic and it was basically a letter of comfort for the Gullus and he tried to um, to um, to to give some type of life and hope and chizuk to the people of Fez that no, don't give up, don't convert to Islam, don't believe all the shakir they're saying about Torah and Moshe and all these things. And he talked and he he talked a lot about the godless of Moshe Rabbeinu because according to them, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't a great person and things have changed. And he based it on the capital until him, Tefillah and he went through the Psukim there, and he gave a lot of Ashkaf and Chizuk to the people of uh, Fez. And this actually started sort of a revolution and a Mapecha, and slowly but surely, many people started to keep the Torah and come back to Yiddishkeit. Now, at that time, there was what they call a Kanoi, um, a fanatic that decided to write a letter to the Chachamim, either in, in uh, Provencia or in France, 
um, somewhere in the north in the Ashkenazic communities. Now realize the Ashkenazic communities at the time were dealing with the Crusades. In the south of Spain, we said, was the Muslims. In the north were the Christians. And in these years, we're talking about the years of the Crusades. So they were also dealing with their issues of give up your life or convert to Christianity. And a lot of, of course, as we know in Germany, a lot of people gave up their lives. It wasn't the same Murano type of... Um, of ideal that they had in, in Spain in the Svardisha places. Um, so he asked them what the Chiyav is. So they sent back a letter to the people of Fez that you have to give up your life al Kiddush Hashem and any people, person who um, agreed that Islam is the, uh, is the proper religion, even if they did it on the outside and they don't really mean it, Ein lam loylam haba. And um, this made a big, big problem in Fez because uh, the people who were Yerei Shamayim, all of a sudden they have to give up their lives al Kiddush Hashem or they have to flee. They weren't ready to do that. The Hamoinam, they heard this and they said, what are we wasting our time? If, we, if, we, if we're keeping Judaism in secret, you're telling me, it's considered nothing, we're like Goyim. So it was a big problem. So the Rambam decided to continue with his father's Mahalach. He wrote a letter called Igeres Hashmad, or it's also sometimes called Igeres Kiddush Hashem. And he explains over there that it's all incorrect. And all these Jews, even the Anusim, the Maranos, are considered complete Jews, L'chol Davar. He differentiates between different types of Anusim, of being forced. We know Hashem doesn't, doesn't fault us for things that we're forced to do. He gave a lot of divrei nechama and chizuk, and um, the person who wrote the letter, he, he was very angry, and he poured out his wrath, and he wrote about him, he said, If Elio and Yeshayo were punished, when they called the Jews of their times, Am Tomei Svasayim, a nation with impure lips, Kol Shekein Sheyanush Kal Mikali Oilam, Hamatil how much more so, so Hashem is going to punish this person who uses his tongue and he says such terrible things about Chachamim and Talmidim to call them Poishim Rishoim and Kaifrim, very angry at this person who wrote. Um, who wrote the letter. Now, the person who wrote the letter, the question also, it wasn't a good idea, but the response he was very upset about. Now, because of this, um, this letter that the Rambam wrote, um, so here, basically, he's telling everybody, keep the Torah. It was a very public letter, I guess, more than his father's letter, and the government was very unhappy with him. He was, he was taken to jail. They were going to put him to death, actually. And because of a certain good Arab, a nice Arab who liked him, who said he's not so bad, they freed him. Um, but it caused a lot of trouble, the Rambam's letter. As much as it caused chizuk, it caused a lot of trouble because the government all of a sudden realized that the Muranos weren't really keeping Islam and they started giving uh, tests to them and checking if they're really emes or not. And um, they took the leader of the, the, of the Fez community, the Chacham, was an old, old Tamil Chacham, Rabbi Huda Ibn Shushan, and he was Hakayan, and they took him and, they, and they, he died, he gave up his life, Al Kiddush Hashem. And anyone who was really maminim had to flee from Morocco. And the Mishvach of the Rambam also had to flee from Morocco. So he wasn't there for very long. Like we said, um, like we said that he came, um, he came in the year 1149. And um, let me just check over here. 
So he writes that, I'm sorry, 11, 11, I'm not sure of the date. I thought I said 11.59, but the dates are not matching up over here. So let me just see what he says. So the, the Rambam, in the end of the um, Pirish HaMishnayis of Rosh Hashanah, um, they found the Rambam's Lashon, and the Rambam's Lashon here says that, um, okay, Dalit Ear, Tuf Tuf Kuf Chaf Hey. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. He came in 1159, I wrote the date rock here, in 1165. So he was about there for about five years, five or six years. He says in Dalit Eor of Tuf Tuf Kuf Chaf 1165, Nichnasni Liyom. So we had to flee from Morocco and we entered into the sea. They went on a boat, like we said before. So that was on Dalit Eor, which is in a few days. Uviyud Eor, on the 10th of Eor, Amadaleinu Naksha Shiyom Litaveinu. The sea was, gonna, was going to, waves in the sea were going to to drown us and to capsize the uh, the ship. Because it was a day of trouble, the day that we had to run away and the day that we were going to sink, both days, Dalit Eor and the 10th of Eor, I decided are going to be a fast day and they're going to be a Tainit Seber Shalem for me and my whole family and all the people who came along with me. And he says, I'm commanding my children that they should keep both of these days of days of fast days. And they should give tzedakah And not only that, he says, I made a nether that on the 10th of year, that was the day that we're going to be capsized, I'm going to stay alone in my room. I'm not going to come out for anything. Um, I'm not going to see anybody. I'm going to dive in and learn the entire day. And just like when I was at sea, I had nothing except the Rabbeinu Shalom. So too on that day forever, I'm going to fast and dive in and see nobody except the Rabbeinu Shalom. Then, obviously, they were saved, and on the 3rd of Sivan, so it took a whole month, he says, we have finally arrived in Akoi, in Eretz Yisrael, and it's Alti Min and now I've been finally saved from the Shmad. So he's been running since 1148, this is 1165, he's been running since he left Cordova, 17 years, till he finally says, I've been saved from the Shmad. We came to Eretz Yisrael, and he says, this day, I'm making a nether, it should be a day of Sosain, Simcha, Mishta, Matanas Lev Yoinim, Ani Uvesi Ad Saif Kol Hadoris. Now, Akai at, at that time was the biggest city of Yidin in Eretz Yisrael, because since the year 1099, when the Crusades came to Eretz Yisrael, Jews were not allowed to live Bekviyas in Yerushalayim. They lived, a few of them lived in some out, outlying villages, but most of the Jews, not that there were so many, there was so much Tsaras from the Crusades as well. There were maybe a thousand families in Eretzel at the time. Most of them lived in Akai. And Akai, the rub of the city, was someone named Rebbe Yefes, Ben Rebbe Milio, which the Rambam um, became very close with. And then he writes, Andalud Cheshvan, so he came on Gimel Sivan, so a number of months later, Andalud Cheshvan, we left Akai to go to Yerushalayim, Tachasakana, it was dangerous to go. And I came into the great house. Pashtas, he does not mean the base Hamikdash. The Rambam holds us usher to go in the Mokam Hamikdash. Pashtas, he just means on Harabayis. And I came there and I daven there. Um, and this day was Vav, um, Vav Marcheshvan. So they left Andalid Marcheshvan and Vav Marcheshvan. They got to Yerushalayim two days later and he davened in the Mokam Hamikdash. And in a letter he wrote to Rabbi Yefes later on, um, he wrote that Ani, Vuhu, I and him, he's talking about another person, Vabamari and my father, Maimon, Vato and you, Rabbi Yefes, Arbatanu, all four of us, Halachnu Beveis Hashem Miregesh. 
we went in the Beis Hashem Beregesh based on the Pasuk, yachad Hashem. And to get there, we had to go in the Midbar, in the forests, and in the desert to get there. So it seems it was a great sakana to travel to Yerushalayim, but he went there together with his father, Rabbi Yefes, and a fourth person, and they davened there. He says, on Tes Cheshvan, we left Yerushalayim to go to Hebron. I wanted to go to kiss Kivri Avoisai. And that day I stood in the Ma'ara and I davened, Shvach Lekel Alakal, I thanked Hashem for everything that happened to me. And he says, both of these days, Vav and Tes Cheshvan, I made a nether that they should be a Yomtif and Tfilah and Simcha Ba'ashem Vachila Vishtia. It's interesting, each Yomtif is a little different. The other one he said, Matanas Lav Yainim. And here he's saying a Yomtif with Tfilah and Simcha. And then he ends off and he says, Just like I was to Davin in Eretz Yisrael, in its destruction, I should be Zaycha together with Kol Yisrael, that I should see B'nechama B'mehera. He decided he's going to leave Eretz Yisrael. It didn't seem it was uh, feasible for him to leave there. The Rambam is pretty machmer on leaving Eretz Yisrael in the Halachas, but for Parnasa, able to leave. And in Cheshvan of 1165, um, tough, tough, kuf, chavav, the end of 1165, he, got, he reached Alexandria in Mitzrayim. Now, in the letter that we mentioned before to Rabbi Yefes that he wrote in the year 1185, he writes that after I left you, just a few months later, my father, Rabbi Maimon, was nifter. So he was nifter when they first got to, um, got to, 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 to Egypt, to Alexandria, in 1165, or maybe the beginning of 1166. Um, and after that, the Rambam moved closer to the capital city of Cairo, which was the center of, of Yiddishkeit in, in Mitzrayim at the time. And as we mentioned before, he said that in 1168, he finished the Pirish HaMishnayis in Egypt. So he's been writing it on the run, as we showed. He was on the run, whether it was the beginning in Sfarad, in Morocco, as he was on the boat, and so on and so forth. He was writing his Pirish HaMishnayis, um, um, Leharamba. Now, in the year 1172, a few years after he got there, um, in Taman in Yemen, one of the rulers got up, and he made a Gzeris Hashmad, everyone has to convert, um, and to, to, uh, to, to, on top of that, uh, that wasn't enough of a tzara for the Yidin. On top of that, someone decided to get up, and the Rambam in, a, in the letter calls him Meshuga. Um, a crazy person got up and he decided he's Mashiach, and everybody has to come be a Yid, and he's taking them all back, and he's trying to convince Arabs to come, and the Muslims to come, and this didn't bode well with the king, who was trying to get everyone to uh, convert to Islam. And um, the, the people who were trying to keep the Torah in Taman, they, they sent a letter to the Rambam for Chizuk. And this is the Rambam's famous Igeris Taman, that he was Mechazik them in Yusaydus Hamuna. Um, he talked about Gzeris uh, Hashmad and Sinis Yisrael. He talked about Netzach Yisrael, Skulas Yisrael, Yusaydus Hamuna, figuring out the Kates of Mashiach. He talked about Mashiach and other Yusaydus Hamuna as well. My Rebbe and our Rebbe. Rabbi Greenspan's Rabbi as well, Rabbi Shlomo Brevda, Zechrein Levracha, many times we quote, especially Shavuot's time, when he talks about Maimon Arsinai, the Igeris Teiman, that the Rambam says, Rulachem shetigadu b'neichem al dimoy hamara agodalahu. Maimon Arsinai, make sure you raise your children, that they always have a vision of Maimon Arsinai. 
Um, and any time you get together, you should relate this. The Gadlus and the Kavod. And Rebrev explained it to me in Adarab. You should make big gatherings just to talk about it. Um, the Maimon Har Sinai. And this is one of the, one of the excerpts. Um, and he would quote, uh, Rev Rev would quote from there other things, Shuvi Shuvi Ashulamis, all different things he would quote from the Geras Taiman. This letter that he sent to the Yehude Taiman had a great hashba on them. Many of them remained, Namonim Lashem Lutairasai. And the Ramban became very beloved to them, like we said in the Shir on the Ramban, when the Ramban was defending the Ramban, he wrote in a letter. He wrote that in the Kaddish, the Yehudei Teimon, what calls him on the Ramam was alive, would say, Because he saved Yehud- Yadus Teimon. I saw somewhere that it wasn't their Chiddush. This was a thing that they would do for the Reish Galusa, and the day that he would become the leader of Klai Yisrael, in Kaddish they would say his name. So this covet was given to the Reish Galusa on the day that he became the Reish Galusa. But for the Rambam, they, in, they, they put it into the Kaddish Kultzman, the Rambam um, was alive. Now, in these years, the Rambam, after he finished Pirish HaMishnayis, he started working on his Mishnah Torah. In Hilcha Shemitah V'yayvel, he writes that this year is a Shemitah year, and the year is Tav Tav Kuf Lamed Vav, 1176. Um, in the Hakdama to Mishnah Torah, when he talks about the Messiah, he writes, until this year, Tav Tav Kuf Lamed Zayin. So it sounds like he wrote the Hakdama, um, the last thing, very often. You write the preface to the Sefer at the end. Um, so these are the years that he was writing, um, that he was writing the... Like we said, he finished in 1168. He finished the Pirush Mishnayis. So these years he was writing the Mishnah, the Mishnah Torah. In um, in a letter that he wrote to the Rimi Lunil, Rabbi Yehoshua Milunil, Lunil is in uh, France, and um, he writes over there the Kama. You know, I hired, I worked on this day and night. They asked him many questions, the, the Chachmei Lunil and the Mishnah Taira, and he wrote answers to it. And he says, I worked on this day and night, Tens, almost like ten straight years. So, so that's when he, when he wrote it, when he wrote the uh, Mishnah Taira. Um, so, if he finished in 1176, 1177, so he started writing it in 1167, it, it works out um, the dates. Now, in Say the Hadaris, they bring a, a sort of famous story that says that the Rambam didn't leave his room for 10 years till he finished the whole Mishnah Torah. And the day he finished it, his father came to him in a dream with Moshe Rabbeinu to give him a Yashar Kayach. Now, it's hard to believe because we don't find 10 years that the Rambam wasn't on the public scene. In these 10 years that we just talked about, there's takanas and letters from him, the next 10 years as well. So he himself wrote, like we just said in the letter to the Chach Milunil, that he worked on it for 10 years. But to say that he didn't come out of his room for 10 straight years till he, till he finished it, um, is, it's, it's hard to uh, understand exactly how that, um, how that works. Um, now, in the letter that he that we mentioned before to Rabbi Yefes Hadayin that he wrote in 1185, he writes, I had a lot of tzaras here in Egypt. I was sick, a loss of money. People gave me over to the government that I should be killed. 
And then he writes, And the biggest, the worst thing that happened to me from my whole life is Petiras HaTzadik. The death of the Tzadik, he's referring to his brother, his half-brother, assuming that his mother was Nifter, his father remarried, um, like we said before, his half-brother of David, he drowned in the Indian Sea. And he had mom and rav. He had in his hand a lot of money. Lee, mine, veloy, his own. Lachirim for others. Vinich basketana valmona etzli. He says, and he left over a young daughter and almona um, that I have to take care of. And the Raman writes, he says, he says, for a year after his death, I was sick in bed, bishchinra, with boils and with alekas and with fever of a timon levav. Sounds like he was depressed for a year. Kemat katayisi oived, and I was close to death. From, from being heartbroken over the death of his brother. And then he says, And then after that, until today, for eight years, whether eight years includes that first year or not, so if he, um, if he wrote this letter in uh, 1185, so that means his brother drowned in about 1177, he says, which would mean, which would be right after he finished the Mishnah Taira, because like I said, there's 10 years that the first 10 years he for sure was in the public scene. The next 10 years, as we see, or at least 8 years, he wasn't well. Um, he, he was depressed, he wasn't happy. He says, miss Abav For the last 8 years, I'm still mourning. So it's hard to say that he wrote the Mishnah Taira in those 10 years. For sure wasn't locked up in a room just writing the Mishnah Taira. Um, and he says, He says, My brother, besides that I raised him and I taught him, he says, he says he, he did the business. He's the one who went out and made money. And he supported me. And he says, Now I lost it all. So um, it seems that his brother might have been wealthy and the Ramah might have been wealthy as well. And he was able to learn, but now he, they lost it all. Um, at this point, it seems... We all know the Rambam was a doctor. It seems at this point, since he needed to go to work, the Rambam now used his um, his his medicinal knowledge, and he became the doctor. He was the royal doctor to the king of Egypt, as we as is well known. Now, all his days in Mitzrayim, he was fighting against the Karoim. The Karoim are like the Tztukim. They only believe in Teresh Abiksav, in the simple understanding. And in 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 Cairo at the time, the Karoim were very very powerful. Um, in a tshuva, tshuvas Ramam Reish Samachei, he paskins that the karoim, you're not allowed to um, be mitzvah of them to a minion or to a mezuman. He says, because they don't believe in it, and anything they don't believe in, you can't be mitzvah of them. He does say the things that do, you do, they do believe in, you are allowed to be mitzvah of them. It's interesting. And that was a, a, a monumental psak by the Rambam, how to deal with the karoim. Um, it's interesting, in tshuva Reish Membeis, and this is Takanas that he made um, in the year Tav Tav Kav Chav Zayin in 1167. Uh, uh, so um, in 1167, the Takanas that he made with many Chachamim in Mitzrayim, and it was Negea, he says that Bechal Eretz Mitzrayim, they were Nisrashlu Bidvar Tfilas Nida B'mei Mikvah. They were very lax about Anida going to the Mikvah. And... Uh, they just were saimich that she took a shower, b'mayim shuvim, And not only that, they, he says they were saimichas on a minus gemura, pure kvira, that the only way a nisha, a isha nida become tahar 
is if a Isha who is not a Nida pours the water on top of her. He says it was Minas Kamura, it's a long letter, and this was very prevalent, and he, he was very upset about it. And he says, we got up in all the shuls and the bottom midrashes, and any lady that do, we announced it, any lady that does this is Tetzebeli Ksuba, she gets, we divorce her without Ksuba. And he says, this Takana that we're making, we, we don't want anyone to ever change it. We're making a Cherem that this Takana could not change Adyemois HaMashiach. So, um, this was in 1167, so like we said before, if he started writing um, w- when those 10 years were that he wrote his, uh, he wrote his Mishnah Taira, these are one of the Takanas that came out in those years, so it doesn't seem he was locked up um, in a room. Now we made a other, another very interesting Takana, people were talking a lot during Chazar Sashatz, and people were schmoozing and going out and ignoring the whole thing, and sometimes there was no minion left. So he made a takana that uh, you don't daven quiet Shmanesra. Everyone has to daven with the Suliach Tzibur. Um, and uh, interesting takana. And he, he says if you have a small minion of people who are Yureyim and they're not going to talk, so then you could have a quiet Shmanesra. But if not, he was mavatal in, in, in big gatherings. No tefillah of Alachash. Everyone has to daven with the Shliach Tzibur. That's the only way you're Yaitse davening. And the people who don't know how to daven, they'll listen to the Shliach Tzibur. And everyone else davens along. Um, along with him, or their yaitse, their yaitse um, with him. Another takana that the Rambam made. So for the last few moments, let's talk about his forum. We mentioned the Pirish HaMishnayis, which was written in Arabic. It was uh, something, a, a new type of sefer to explain the Mishnayis according to the Maskana of the Gemara, whatever the Gemara's Maskana of what the case is, and according to the Halakha. So the person should be able to learn the Mishnayis very easily, know exactly what the main pshat of the, of the Mishnah is according to the Gemara and how to paskin. His Mishnah Torah, which is also called Yad HaChazaka, because it has Yud Dalit Chalakim 14 volumes to it. In the Akdama to Mishnah Torah, he talks about after Chasim HaShashas, Klai Yisrael was spread out all over the place, and different places made different takanas for the different Batei Din, for the people of their, of their Medina, and that's not Mechaev. Other places to have those takanas, but anything that's in the Gemara, everybody has to keep. And he goes through the, the Goinim's times, then he said, There's so many Tzaris, We don't have Chachamim anymore. People don't even understand what the Goinim wrote. People don't understand how to learn the Gemara. Takes a lot of time to learn and to come out with a Psak. He says, but it's not happening. Because I see this is a big problem. Um, he says, I decided that I'm going to be Mechaber, I'm going to make a Chibor, a, a Sefer, with a, it's going to be um, the, the, the Dvarim HaMisbarim, the Maskanas, the conclusions, from all the different things, from the Shas and from the Ga'inim, from all the different Svarim, I'm going to come out with a clear Safer of Iser and Heter and Tameh and Tar, Kulam Belashem Brura Vedar Ksara, should be a very clear language. He didn't write it in Arabic. He wrote it, as he writes in the beginning of Sefer Amitzas, he wrote it in Lashon the Mishnah. People knew Lashon HaKadosh, very clear and concise way. You won't need any other halacha safer but mine. And therefore, I called it Mishnah Torah. Why is it Mishnah Torah? First, a person should read the Torah Shebek Sav, and then you don't know what it means. And then Mishnah Torah is. 
the limud of the Torah, whether Mishnah means the repetition of it or the Mishnayis of it. You read the Mishnah Torah and you'll know the Torah Shabal Pekula after you read the Torah Shabiksav. And um, like I said, in this Kedama Sefer HaMitzvah, he wrote it in the Lashen HaMishnah, Kavishi, Kabbal Zelarayv, most people understand this. Now this was also a new, a new type of Sefer, there was a lot of Hisnagdus to it, some people thought he didn't want them to learn Gemara anymore. In a letter to Rapinchas Hadai, and he writes, Chas Vishalom, Leomarti, Leitisasko, Begamara, I didn't say that. He says, I said beferish in the beginning of the Sefer that this schibur is only because we have nothing else. It's, it's people aren't learning and they're not getting to it. But of course, and he writes over there, even in my yeshiva, people wanted to learn Gemara. I told them to learn Gemara. People wanted to learn Rif. They told them to learn Rif. I didn't say you learn my Sefer exclusively. But the Ravid, as we know, was upset about this and that's why he wrote Hasogas on the entire Sefer. And even on the Hakdama, where the Rambam explains what he was doing, like we just mentioned, there's a Saga. You can look it up over there. There's our Saga from the Raiva. He says, Savar Litakin Vlaitikin. He thought he's helping and he's not helping. He explains why he's upset of it. And with that, they, fundamentally, they argue in this idea of Mishnah Torah. The Sefer HaMitzvah, he wrote after Mishnah Torah, but he made it as a Hakdama to the Mishnah Torah to have the counting of the mitzvahs, and before that he has the Sharashim, how exactly, we know there are for sure more than 613 mitzvahs, how you classify what is one of the 613, that's the Sharashim, the Rambam, we know the Ramban argued on, on him on different things, but this was the Sefer HaMitzvahs. The last Sefer that he wrote was the Meren Avuchim, and we already spoke about this in a few of the previous Shurim, in the next generations, how the Meren Avuchim was philosophy, and, um, and the Sefer Hamada also, how it made a lot of tumult in the next generations throughout Klai Yisrael. Um, but even in his generation, I think we mentioned different year, in his generation, in the locale, it was a little bit more localized, the, uh, the tumult. Um, and people were upset about different things. They said that the Rambam um, was, uh, was, uh, was going against Yisaita Samuna. So the Rambam wrote a mimer called Chiyas HaMesim to, to defend himself, the people who said that uh, he, he was a kaifer. Now, people who were already upset about Mishnah Torah, this only kept, made it worse, the Mer Nebuchim. Um, the Chachme Lunil of France, actually, when the, in the letters they sent him questions on the Mishnah Torah, they actually asked him if he will if he will translate the Mer Nebuchim from Arabic to Lashon Kaidish. They didn't understand Arabic in France. And they actually had someone, Reb Shmuel Ibn Tiboin, who was ready to do it. And um, this Reb Shmuel actually sent a letter to the Rambam asking him many questions, clarifications on the Mer Nebuchim, and the Rambam answered him. And in there he also asked, he wanted to come to the Rambam to talk things over with him. And the Rambam told him, I'm, I'm very busy, please don't come. Saif so Davri says, I'm so busy with, with going to the king and, the, and, and being a doctor, and all other tirdas, he says, Binyani Yatsibar, Binyani Rafua, he says, there's no time to talk to me except on Shabbos, no one could talk to me, he was very, very busy. Eventually, it was translated um, by, um, by this, uh, I think by Rav Shmuel Abintibun into um, Lashon HaKadosh, and when that happened, is what's happened to the next generation, that once it became a force in Lashon HaKadosh, all the problems, uh, the problems began. The Rambam was nifter, as we said, on Chav Teves, twelve o four. In all of Klal Yisrael, it was an evil gadol. The Rambam, Mimoshad Moshe, Lekam Kamoshe. They said from Moshe Rabbeinu to Moshe Maimon, Rabbeinu Moshe ben Rabbeinu. The the Rambam, Lekam Kamoshe. In Yerushalayim, when they heard about it, they they decreed a fast. 
and they uh, they brought out the Sifrei Torah. They read the Teichach of Parshas B'chu Kaisai. They said the Mafter that begins with Vayihid Var Shmuel, and uh, it ends off Vegula Kavod Mi Yisrael Kinilka Charena Lekim. It talks about by Chafni as Pincha, by Chafni and Pinchas that were killed and Eli, and it ends off the the Kavod has left Klai Yisrael because the Aron Elikim has been taken from us. A remez to the Petir of the Rambam. The Rambam was buried in Tveria, and on his Matseva, the original Matseva, they wrote, Poi Tamun here is buried, Rabbeinu Moshe ben Maimin, Mivchar Hanushi. The choice one of all mankind. That's how they were Magdir, the Rambam. Who was the Rambam? Mivchar Hanushi. This was the Rambam, Rabbeinu Moshe ben Maimin. Um, Schusa Yogan Aleinu Ba'akal Yisrael. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Kaltuv.